Hello and welcome to another expedition. Expedition? What should we call it? Episode? Mark, you're saying some long words there. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Welcome to another edition of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark. I am Paul. Hello. Hello, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's a bit of a flaky start from us, unfortunately. But uh, we've just been doing so many podcasts recently, haven't we? Yeah, and we got them a, kind of a bit stacked up, haven't we? Yeah. At the moment. Yeah, they're just they're literally, it's like Sainsbury's at the meat counter where everyone takes a little ticket and they wait outside. And when we're done with someone, we just bin them out the window sort of thing. But I, I really liked the last one with Ryan. And you know what? For me personally, this is Ryan Payne. When I was actually um, listening to him talking a lot of it, it was like going back 10 years and getting a freaking pep talk. Like I, I was like, right, I am ready to play basketball after listening to him play. It was Sorry, impressive that listening to him talk. There was a, a kestrel in the room and you were you were fine with it. There was no sweats or you no, didn't, you didn't right. you didn't, yeah. You you're quite well behaved, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we were good. But we have got another guest mark today. Have we? We have. Is that that person here? That is that person who's just appeared there, yes. Fantastic. Um and you know what? We've been trying to get this guest on the show for oh, I wanna say what, eight weeks? How many times have we been stood up? I think about three, three thousand times. mark. If you went to a restaurant and you got stood up once, would you go back again? No. Would you go back a second time? Would you, would you, no. What if you thought, all right, I'll give them the benefit of doubt. Second time, let's make another thing, and then they cancelled. I am mark. I might have to go because I'm going to um, go and play some golf. You're going to no. Wentworth. Yeah, I'm going to Wentworth. Yeah. That's why he didn't turn it last night. I don't know what Wentworth is. I mean, but you I thought I, it was a women's prison, didn't you? I don't know, but well, let, let's let, let's introduce our guest this week. Yeah, now yeah. stand and cheer for your Portsmouth Force Chairman, Rob Milner. Wow! <laughs> Hello. Thank Hello, you Rob. very much. He what is, an intro. He's finally arrived. Congratulations on making it. Yeah, fresh from Wentworth. Yeah. To be, I just want to qualify. I wasn't playing golf. I would love to play golf at Wentworth. I was watching a pro-am. It's pretty oh, cool. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's some... Uh, Jimmy Bullard was playing lots of fun. Hang on. You're the, the chairman of the Ports of Force and you weren't I didn't get one an of invite. the celebrities. Did not get an invite. What no. is going on? I mean, it's golf. Though, and the, really. the pros, though, the way it's the same for all sports, but the pros, the elite of the elite, are a different class. So to see elite golfers, the pros are the pro am. They oh, bring wow. that golf ball. Is that one of the ones where they have to bring their own bats or they get their own yeah, bats? They bring, yeah, yeah, they bring their own rackets. Yeah. yeah. They even have someone to carry their rackets around with them. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, is that what you were <laughs> vying for? Is that you're yeah, trying to get in the I front? I'd love to be a Oh, carry your sticks. Do you can consider it a, a proper sport? Yes. <laughs> 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 oh, we started off on the right. Golf is oh, a sport. That's a good. That's a good stance, isn't it? The chairman of a real sport. Golf <laughs> is also a sport. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Sorry for standing. What about guys, the balls? You yes, like the balls? I do like balls. Small balls and big balls. Golf balls, basketballs. Yep. Fantastic. American footballs. <laughs> Disgraceful. <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. You don't know what's going on, do you? No. Right. Well. So, Rob. You know, Portsmouth Force Chairman. Yes. How did that come about? Like, where did that, how, where did that begin? So, like, how did you become the chairman of a basketball club? Over a kitchen table at an AGM for a precursor to the club. 
So what? <laughs> he laughed in the corner. That's so just to clarify, is he still laughing? Mark in this podcast room has a, a thing about innuendo words, right? And every time we've been saying them as we've been pra- talking, Paul, yeah, the word helmet and the word balls has made him laugh. Oh no! And I've got a feeling it's because I said it was over a kitchen table. Well, for all the listeners oh out God. there, I have got Mark to my right who is crying with laughter, unable to talk, and Rob has just pretty much joined him. So no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So yeah. <laughs> so s- why? So what happened was I needed some. <laughs> Oh, God, they've gone. They've gone. Well, we're going to turn this into the Paul's Basketball Podcast for the next 30 seconds. Game face. Come on, Mark. Composure. No, don't do that. Mark, come on. It's not hard. Just come on. Do the podcast. He's gone again. I knew that would get him. Oh, good Lord. Oh, dear. This is going to be an innuendo podcast, isn't it? Yes. 100%. Good entertainment. So th- there's a kitchen table. Family friendly. No, so what happened was, obviously I played basketball when I was younger. As you know, I played with you at a, a young level and we played. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? You set him off now. Oh, no. What have you done, what have you done wow. Do we have to start this again? What have you oh, done, no. Mark? That is, that's a weird initiation. So when, wow. we, when we were playing basketball as we were younger, and I kind of stopped playing basketball when I got to around sort of 22, 23. <laughs> what was funny about that? I don't get it. Oh, Why are no. you laughing at? I just got the giggles. Oh, dear well, God. That just shows what a fun club it is, right? We're having, yes. We are is. Having, it's, it, life is never not fun. So when did you start getting into basketball, though? I started playing when I was about seven or eight. Okay. Seven or eight. I was this always tall. Mickey B, but, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Mickey Byrne, Saturday mornings down at Baton Centre. I was tall, I tried football, I played football, I was a bit gangly, not the best footballer. But I'd give basketball a go. It was literally that, let's give basketball a go. And that's what we want kids in the club to be able to do. We want someone in the city to be able to go, let's just give it a go. It doesn't matter if you you know, end up not liking it, but you've got the opportunity to come and play. Yeah. So I went and played at seven or eight at the Mountain Batten Centre and carried on playing until I was sort of in my 20s or so. And then when I stopped to pursue a, like a, a dream of a DJ career and all the bits and setting up businesses and so on and so forth, when I had children, I looked look back and was like, well, where can my kids now play basketball? And for everything that Mick did that was great and the city did, there wasn't an infrastructure of kids basketball and a, a availability of kids being able to go, I just want to try and play basketball. I did find a guy called Simon Kuto. Simon Coteau. Brilliant. Brilliant coach, brilliant player. Really nice guy. I still speak to the family. When he comes over, he comes to see me. Lovely guy. But he had a brilliant, and like not to use the word lightly, his team, he had a brilliant girls basketball team. They were very good. Like They were a team, not a club. He wanted a club. I know he wanted a club, but he had a brilliant team. There was a bike. They were, 15, they were nationally 15 girls. Well. Yeah, they were really good as 15 well. 15 girls who were winning games left, right and centre. We still speak to a lot of them, so they're still around. Episode 13. Simon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, perfect. Yes. Some are, um, Love one him. of them plays in the WBBL now. Play. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. So, brilliant team he had. And Ellen went, so Ellen's my eldest. She went to play with those guys and she was playing with the girls' team. 
and she was doing so um, well with everything she was going on there. And we got invited to the AGM. And the AGM with this girls team, as the older girls were progressing to go to the next club, the younger girls like Ellen were coming through to go to the next, you know, to, to replace them. And in that meeting that we had at the AGM, which happened to be at a guy called Mike Collier's house, whose daughter is also, both daughters actually, brilliant basketball players, Caitlin and Immy, they're both are, are one, I think, Caitlin was at Worcester. And, yeah, she went to Worcester and, University. Um, she was doing Immy's really well. playing at Kestrels, and I saw her at the weekend. She's loving her basketball, which is amazing. And we had this meeting, and I think Simone basically said, I'm off. And a lot of the girls are like, we're 18 now. We're going. What's, what's going to happen? Who's going to be the chairman of this basketball team? And I, I think it was Simone, or someone said, oh, Rob will do it. And I just sat there at his kitchen table. I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Under the bus. Why, why not? At that time, the, they had a girls' team, and I think we just started a the first generation of fun and fundamentals. So the first Sundays, with a few kids coming around, and the girls were being the lead coaches. So I wasn't press ganged into it, but I kind of shall I do it? And um, I remember speaking to my wife and saying after after they asked me, "Do you want to do it?" I said, well, "Let me think about it." And Kelly's like, "Would well, you say yes? You know where this will go. You know it's going to." take over your life to an extent because you've got other things I do take, take over your life and um, I said yes <laughs> so she was like let's do it why not why not and then from then on it was a clear vision Oof, I don't just want a girls team we want we as a community of basketball coaches because I've got yourself so many people involved with the club it's insane when was this this was like 2016 yeah probably yeah 2016 like 2017 probably so it's happened really quickly and I went, you know what? Let's get everyone involved with the club, but let's not just have a brilliant girls team. And actually, the girls team was the hardest thing to part with because they just disintegrated. I think they, I think most of them went to the Kestrels, yeah. from what I remember. They um, went from being a National League winning team to having to pull out. I remember pulling yeah. out. We had Keely Reed was helping a coach at that point. I remember he was like, we're not going to be able to put a team together. Last year we were competing for national honours, yeah. And this year we got four players, yeah. So we just wow. pulled pulled the whole rug out, and that set us back. It's not the no one's fault. It's just the natural progression. But it made you realise that the only way a club will be um, able to be sustainable is to have base level players coming through and filling up the section. It's like a pyramid. So the way our club should work is we should have hundreds of under sixes. And then maybe a few less under eights, and a few less under tens, and a few less under twelves until you work all the way up the pyramid. And Daniel's got a squad of what twenty to work from. Yeah, and that's where I re what I really remember. That's where I got involved with it when you were doing that fun and fundamental session, which if if no one knows, it's it's basketball for well, it was anyone under ten or eleven at that time, and it was like it was great because kids just turned up and you just they just played and had fun. You know, and basketball was just just there, wasn't yeah. it? One of the things is that I feel that that fun and fundamental session, why it's so successful, is we've never done it under any subscription, any commitment. It's just pay and play. At the moment, it's five pounds, which is a bargain for their for their basketball, for the coach and the facilities, everything they got. Five pound pay and play. So there's no pressure. There's no subs where you have to go if, if your kid doesn't want to go. Just turn up, pick up a basketball. If you've played a little bit and you know what you're doing, you'll have fun and you can get better. 
And if you haven't played at all, you can just get taught just the, the utter basics, like how to stand. And people don't think about things like how to hold a basketball. Like you have to be shown how to hold a basketball. You don't just mm. hold a basketball. You've got to be shown how to dribble a basketball. It's not, you don't just bounce a ball. So those fundamentals at that age is brilliant. It's good <coughs> seeing those kids coming forward as well. Now. That's what I was going to say, jumping on to where you're going to be. And I'm sure the question will go on later on when we're talking about force and the men's team. Like, we're almost at that point where there's a couple of players I can see that we've had from six, eight years old. That I think we'll make it and to be able to play on our team. Yeah. You get that. Like, that's basically, you've won, basically. Yeah, and I, you know what? I, that's one of the, the parts of the club that I, I really love is when you're sitting there at a force game, you're doing something, and you, you get like an under-16 National League player come, hey, coach, how you doing? You think, I'm not your coach, but I coached you 10 years ago or something. Like, and that's that's really nice, and you're seeing them evolve, and you're looking at them now going, I really hope you're in that men's team, and I'm announcing you in a couple of years' time. That would yeah. be great. Um there's one thing I did want to mention for you, and I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't know if you've heard the episode. I know it's only just been released, really, but the Simon Cattol episode, he was talking about you. And in that episode, he turned around and said he wished he met you earlier. If he met you earlier, he probably wouldn't have gone to France. Yeah, really? Yeah. So, <coughs> wow, that's pretty cool. If you had become chairman then, he wouldn't have gone to France. And arguably, I reckon you'd probably have Dan as the men's coach and Simon would be the women's coach. Yeah. I'd imagine. So, well, Simon just got things done. Yeah. So Simon was a very good basketball person and he did just get things done. I remember he had a pathway and he I remember seeing the picture that he'd drawn of this pathway. It looked perfect. And I was like, that's a brilliant pathway, but how are you going to implement it with so few people? I think he had two or three coaches with him. You can't implement that without a, a, an army of coaches, which is what we've got, by the way. We're a super lucky club. Like we have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 20 to 25 coaches, and that may even be conservative. Like there's not many other clubs that have got that many coaches, not that many willing people to help out and step in and do the things that we do. So yeah, imagine if someone had a stay, you can always come back, someone, if you're listening. It's always room. Of course he's listening. <laughs> he's, always, of course he's hey, listening. It's always room, Mark, Simon. Mark showed me some of the stats because he sees it in a lot of detail and there are people from France listening. Are they really? Are. Mm. Not Simon, but everyone else. Oh, wicked. He's yeah. like, he wants everyone to listen to him. It's, it's amazing. when you, you Did just, Simon talk about French basketball and how yeah. they're supported by their councils and cities yeah. and... Yeah, completely different I mean, and you don't pay for court because they say you're representing yep. the city so you don't pay for that court because... Yeah. City Council, are you listening? I think you probably want to say the United Kingdom, are you listening? I mean, because that's it's all every everything, isn't it? I, yeah, I gave him on a forced t shirt last time he was over, and uh, he was sending me a picture every Monday afterwards. He had a training session with his guys, and every time he had a forced t shirt on, he was winning his basketball games. So, um, I don't know, I, I'm guessing that stopped because he hasn't sent me a picture for a while. So, wow. <laughs> so maybe he's on a losing one. I run. think that's confirmed. If you want to win basketball games, get in contact with what is it called? What's the email, Mark? Uh, UK Basketball Podcast at gmail.com. That's where, and, and we will get you one of these t shirts and then you will win basketball games. That is fact from Rob Milner. Absolute fact. Absolute fact. 100%. But, see, I have a, a, some strange theories, but one of them is that. When you think about the time that we all went and played basketball, that was 80s. 
Yes. So at that point, Americana and basketball as it's sort of showtime sort of thing coming in the UK, it was still very relatively unknown, but people liked to do, I want to say American things, but all the films like Top Gun, Days of Thunder, all yep. that kind of stuff was very pro-American. So it was quite a cool thing to do. Yeah. Fast forward to this sort of generation, you don't have that no. hook. So how do you get kids to think, I'd like to try basketball? How do you get kids to try basketball? I, I think kids naturally want to try everything. Yeah. My kids do. They want to try everything. They want to know if they can play guitar. They want to know if they can do a Rubik's Cube. They want to know if they can do Scrabble, play football, tennis. And like they've probably, over the course of their first 10 years, tried a bit of everything. And it some things stick and some things don't, don't they? So I think just having the opportunity and the availability will give kids that option of getting into the sport. Like there's, un I, I, there's only football and basketball, as far as I'm concerned, that are pick up and play sports. There's really the only two, possibly rugby, but you could pick up a ball, get your mates and go and just play. Not golf then, Rob, no. But you have to pay for golf clubs. It's a lot Some more expensive. Some would consider it's, it's not a real sport, Mark. <laughs> Darts, one of Paul's favourites. In, in the same category. Is, snooker? <laughs> snooker? Same category. What's that, a game? Are you saying it's a game? Well, it's a hobby, I'd say. A professional hobbyist. And I'd put badminton. Do you know how much these professional golf hobbyists one, get paid? One under a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so we... we we, it, on a basketball co podcast, we must never use the badminton word. No, no. Like, I don't know one basketball person who appreciates badminton. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but every sports hall, every gym, those bloody badminton posts, the nets. I'm not going to say Cheryl Cox. Is that yeah. Oh, I'm he's going to go. He's going to go. I always wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, why in more places and it's, it's obviously a cost thing but when you see the NBA courts they build them yep and they're all the parquet are all separate big chunks I always wonder like is there a way that you could have that where you have here's your normal sports hall and then if like you know the force play at Ravelin there was okay there's another court that you roll out on over the top of it and there you go would they do something like that at other venues? You're talking about really bespoke South, like they've got at the SSC Open South a proper basketball court. Like yeah. Eventually that will happen as as more people play. Yeah. And more people are playing basketball than ever. More people are playing. It is, and there's there's more um, outside courts. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I sort of saying it's similar to football. Like you can go and kick a football around on the field. You can also pop up multiple basketball courts now. Well, it was the 90s in it with Adidas in the UK, wasn't it, where they put all those streetball yep. courts up? Yep. And they really, really went for a... Yeah, I mean, there's one, what, 100 metres from where we are now? Yeah, absolutely. So, and then you've got places like Orchard Park where they've changed all the stuff there as well. Brilliant project, yeah. And they've done a really good project recently to revive everything yep. and all of those. Yep. Like you say, you just grab a ball and off you go. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, some of the community members of the club... Uh, Judy Lashley and Ross Needham, but they were helping. They live next door to a basketball court at Baffins, and we, they tried to get a project off the ground to reform that basketball court. But at the very least, we contacted the council and was like, "This is not really fit for purpose. More people should play basketball here." And just with them nagging, they managed to get the council to come out and clear all the grit off the basketball court, make it a safer place for kids to play. Oh, that's good. And now it's an option. So, like, as soon as someone presses a 
council or someone talks about trying to increase the basketball availability, people mm. are listening and then it gets used. So there's no, not say no way, but it's very difficult for them to manage that usage and how people, you know, how many are accessing it, how many people are at any one time on it. Oh, there's one person on the court. Oh no, there's like two teams and someone's on the side waiting to sub in. Like, there's no way of, you know, to get people monitoring that, do they? So no. they just, it's provision, it's there, and then they just sort of put it up and leave it, so to speak. A bit like a kid's playground, quite literally. Exactly. Know, unless someone says the swing's broken, they'll just, it is what it is, isn't it? Exactly. But basketball is getting bigger in the UK now, for sure. Like, I was doing a little bit of research, and a bit similar to the way we're doing the, with the force and stuff like that, I noticed there are other teams building very similar like with that pattern that structure like we're doing um and it was interesting because i was just thinking trying to copy ideas and go okay you know these guys like i think you got the plume of raiders um you know look at them that i think they're up and coming aren't they they and they they look i think they were an old team a while ago there was a there's been a few plume of teams but that looked like you know they're on that same course um you got the bristol flyers yeah amazing Um, Starting to do it really, really something else. As you start looking around, it just really looks like basketball's building on the up and the BBL. Yeah, yeah because the it's way the BBL's rebranded yeah. from the strange branding they had before to now, they are they've now taken away the salary caps mm. last season. So it used to be a two hundred and fifty thousand pound salary cap for a team, and now they've just got rid of it. Yeah, and which means now if you want to get someone from the Euro Leagues. Or you want to get a player that's maybe 50,000, 100,000, you could do that. Whereas yep. before you had a squad of 15, 20 people, you're going to have to pay them 20 grand a pop. Yeah, and and it, maybe one or two stars. And as we know, it's a great spectator sport. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, like, it's really good. It's really, really good. You know, when you go to a basketball game, even a lower level one, but particularly you go to like a big game. I've been lucky enough to go to a couple of NBA games. When you go to your first NBA game, from the moment you walk into the stadium, you're just looking around. There's so much to see. Imagine. What was your first game? Uh, Philadelphia versus the Knicks. Ooh. At Wells Fargo. Oh, really? Yeah, really good. Like, inc- incredible. You just walk in and you're just staring around. And at that time, when the first game I went to, we had uh, uh, Dario Saric, so a European player. And I had a few alcoholic beverages. And because there was no British player to cheer on, but he was European. I spent sort of 48 minutes shouting, Europe, Europe, <laughs> Europe. That's obviously a bit of a golf reference as well. Lovely. Ryder Cup coming up. But anyway, oh, no. I, was, I was screaming Europe. And if I'd managed to influence the American guys around me. They're like, what's this guy seeing Europe? And like, oh, you know that player on our bench? That guy, he's from Europe. I'm from Europe. He's my dude. And they were cheering with me in the end. But yeah. it was just, just a great experience a basketball experience the halftime is almost as exciting as a game that yeah. like like everything and you're when you go away from a, a basketball game you kind of almost should feel a bit exhausted yeah you've like i know i know we do <laughs> after the force game i don't know if you can hear that and i definitely listeners can hear that but it's actually throwing it down outside it, yeah can you hear that yeah it's actually coming through on these mics yeah yeah Thunder. Shall I shut that window? No, no, no. I just, I was, it just took me a while to work out what it was. Do you remember the scene in Never Ending Story when he? Don't talk about that film. No, did no. it make you upset? Yeah, so that when, was... the, when the horse dies. No, 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 no. When I was a kid, this is one of weird. Like I'm divulging something, but when I was a kid, I had a recurring dream 
that a wolf was chasing me. That's the best. And then the decision oh, was, I know, we'll take him to that film right. and that will cheer him up. Probably the worst film I could have gone <laughs> to watch at that point. So they're, okay, there's a giant wolf and trying to get your tray. It was like, I'm out. I literally was out of that cinema. I'm I was just, a kid. I was gone. I'm just thinking picturing people listening to the podcast thinking never ending story think of us in a loft with like the, the rain coming down yeah holding an, oh, it's about kick holding an apple with yeah. our like our blankets over our head reading a big old book yeah well we can get cozy if you want well, it's fine <laughs> i mean the windows open and we can take the lights off funny, yeah. funny enough one of my guys at my day job has a dog that looks like falcor really pretty impressive this is that thing that flies yeah the dragon looks like a it's obviously it's a dog not a dragon but it's pretty uh, okay i vaguely remember that film no, oh really I, I, I remember it too well anyway so yeah i mean yeah you do leave pretty tired don't you yeah that's that's what you leave it's a all. lot of work it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an experience as you said it's not just a game it should you, be you're and not just going to i'm watching this start middle finish end off you go and and i think it depends on the aspect but i know from our perspective that when we're doing the entertainment side of things we are literally going to those 350 people we want them to walk out going they've watched a game of basketball but they've also been entertained as well um whether it's the music and i, I it's sometimes you, you see it like you'll see a kid walk in I know a friend of mine brought his kid in for his first game and he walked in, music was blaring, and he looked at the court, huge smile on his face, like, wow, dad, I've made it. It's like, look, we're talking Division Three National Basketball, but that interaction he had when he saw the court, it's like, that's what you want. Yeah. Part of it, you guys get it, and I am so grateful to the pair of you and what you do for the Force games. So if you don't know what Paul and Mark do on a, a regular home game, is they set up with a sound desk, in the corner they arrive three hours before the game they sort out the speakers make sure it sounds good and throughout the game we've got american style music we've got player introductions we've got all the razzmatazz that you build and I, I, you know more than i do in terms of other teams that do that but there's a handful in the country right I, well i don't know of anyone else that does the um like the i'd call them the american jingles yeah um, Andrew, dun, dun, Andrew dun, dun, does that. Dun, 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 that's, 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 that's my brother. Yeah. yeah. So Andrew sits there on that program that I wrote, and he analyzes the play. Yeah. And depending on what has happened, he will play the relevant music. If right. it's offensive, defensive. If it's one to g up the crowd. I, I love the jeopardy. I'm the, just the, the monkey who comes. That's and my favorite. Stuff when up. the referees are having a, a little powwow and having a decision, and you play the yeah. jeopardy. I love dun, that. Dun, dun, they dun. don't like that. You know, <laughs> I love that. I love but that. it's it's really like the last game where the force took on the Kestrels. Um, I had to nudge Andrew a, a few times because the refs were talking, and from my perspective, they talked to each other for two seconds. Bam. Dan, Dan, and play that music. And it happened, like, I was like, Andrew, are you playing that? He says, oh, I just switched off for a second. I was like, all right. And it happened like three times. I was like, you need to bloody wake up because we could have got them four times now. <laughs> well, the three of you are absolutely fat. That, like, there's, it's no um, exaggeration to say that you make that game day what it is, the three of you. The basketball is just, it's a big part of it, but the game day experience is hugely affected by what you do. And I'm so grateful. And the ticket sales, which are great, by the way, like over 300 p, 320, 350 people at the last game and growing and growing and growing. And I've no doubt we'll be selling out by the end of the season. No doubt at all. Selling out or moving out? <sighs> 
That's like, another dilemma for that's you. That's another dilemma. I'd love to be able to turn people away. Also, like I've got a history of club promotion as well. I used to DJ and do club promotion, and the, the golden ticket is to be able to turn people away at the door. Name's not Dan, you're not coming. Kind of, you want that demand. You want people like, look, if you want your ticket, you have to buy your ticket right away. So when, as a chairman then, or putting you under the bus here, when as a chairman do you have to sit there and think, we are hitting capacity all the time now, what do, what we're, do we we're do? already talking about it. Already talking or hypothesizing or trying to find a way to go to a thousand fans, to go to 2,000 fans, maybe, whatever. There, there has to be a way. You do know that Paul has agreed if he wins the Euro Millions, he's building uh, something basically very similar to what Bristol Flyers have got, oh, which is like a 3,000 seat. Me and Rob actually talked about this for about, an, I want to say maybe an hour, maybe two hours. <laughs> I was driving to Cornwall. And I phoned Rob and went, Rob, we need to get our own arena. And I, I was like, let's, where can we do it? Like, let's just buy a warehouse or something to yeah. put a floor in. That hasn't happened yet, but you never know. Wow, well, I mean, yeah. Hey, if I do get the Euros. Small. Do not dream small. If I win the Euros, mate. I'm in there as well. Is. The, only, the only question mark would be um, the name. The name of the venue. If, if I was spending a hundred mil, oh, you can name it after you. I might. No, um, no, I might. I, I, it, 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 this fury, it might be. That's that's the only question mark. But I'd feel a bit guilty on your brother because he's got that force tattoo. So we might have to just keep it as the force. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to call it Gandalf. Oh wow! I thought you were just naming the stadium you were about to build. You you want to do a whole takeover and rebrand? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, it's only because I, I my obviously I've been playing for the Fury for for. Since I was 15, so. Well, technically, um, technically, Portsmouth Force and Portsmouth Fury are all part of the same basketball club, anyway. And actually, some would argue that the Portsmouth Fury was called the Portsmouth Force for one year. The uh, city of Portsmouth Basketball Club, I think you're fine. <laughs> but um, so, oh, yeah, no. handbags. <laughs> I, rem- I remember the Fury was called the New Power Cram Generation, and then they were f- the Force for a year. Yeah. And then Alex Byrne said he wanted his team to be called the Ports of Force. So Mick went, Alex team's Force, you got to change your name. And that's when they came up with Fury. See, I really liked, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the select few of us in the naming process do. That took I, ages. It took it? well over a year, 18 months to come up with our name and what we were going to do. And we knuckled it down. We had a design, which I thought was brilliant for the Portsmouth Admirals. And I loved the name. The logo was great. And then we were just about to go out and we found out that the, was it the American football team or, or the hockey team or someone else is called the Ports of Admirals. Mm. There's another Ports of Admirals in the city. So we couldn't have that. That was, a re- I, that was a, actually a good one because I like the idea of having a big A and being like the A's. Yeah. Um, it looked the good. Ports of A's. It looked good. It ticked all the boxes because the, the Navy thing is key, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a, like a, a nod to Mick as well and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. It's the same thing about the Pirates as well. That yep. was a big one. I think there's I think there's quite a few different sports I'm, that use I'm, the Pirates. I, I now love Forso. Sounds sounds so good. Works. Mm. Ticks. People like it. There's a few Star Wars little things yeah, we've done um, as well. And sometimes you just have to name something. Yeah. yeah. Just get, do it. it get just on with do it. it. Just it give it a name. It's like a it band, it, isn't it? it like, yeah, exactly. You, you create the name and then people go, oh yeah, that's that's the name. The pro- um, it's a product. It's... it's Basketball, yeah. like you're saying, the game day experiences, that's what you're selling. Yeah. But you wouldn't call it the, something stupid, but 
And talking about the naval references, I noticed the cup game we got coming up against Plymouth. Yes. They're actually selling that as the, the battle of the two I naval saw that. teams. I saw yeah. that. So I'm guessing this podcast won't, will go after the weekend. So hopefully we'll be talking about a success. Yeah. We're talk, we are now talking about a successful first game. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. They well, have got, got a McFly. They have got Back one the guy called, on. who's seven foot four. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, he's just signed for him. Um, but the thing is, that's, Mike Lewis, I think that, his name was. That um, that doesn't play too badly into our hands, does it? Because we're not a big inside team anyway. No, we're we're run we're, gun, very fast, very athletic. Run. Pressure the ball exactly, oh, athletic and give fast. Give it all away. Don't give it all away <laughs> out there. You haven't Ma- the season yet. Maybe I'm saying something to throw the teams bluffing the double bluff I'm doing the double bluff we like standing at the logo and jacking up threes but the, the basketball that um, coach Daniel and the team are putting together and the players that we've got this year should be a really all basketball is exciting to basketball fans to non-basketball fans there's a particular run and gun fast action athletic style of basketball it's more more appealing and yeah. that's kind of what we should have this year so we talked about this offline a little while ago about when you have and it's the same with the podcast in a way when you have a, say a product surrounding basketball you have some people who are players and then you have some who you just like watching the sport like there's lots of people who watch football but they don't necessarily play it and it's the same thing with the basketball what I've what I really liked seeing at the game at the Memorial game was the amount of kids who were looking at the force players and thinking, that's where I'm going to go. So they saw a trajectory, they saw a pathway. Yeah. And that was us in the 80s looking at Portsmouth Basketball FC. And, and you wait this, well, two weeks time, maybe even less than two weeks time, the kids will get to see their kits. So this summer we, we brought 15 new kits Yep. And those 15 new kits go from the under 12s, under 10s, I think we've got a kit for the under 10s. Yeah. We've got an under 10s kit that is exactly the same as the Portsmouth Force men's team kit. Yeah, so that's those, really good. So yeah. those kids will be playing in that kit and then they'll rock up on a Saturday and they'll be like, that's my kit. They should turn up with the kit. So, oh, no, they're not allowed to keep it. Not they? allowed to keep the kit. Yeah. Simon's wearing, I wear se- Simon's wearing seven. Yeah. That, that's so good. And imagine that they'll be like, that's my number. Yeah. That's my kit. And that instantly you've got that, what you're talking about, that pathway and that dream of. Absolutely. If I stick at it, and as you're saying with the pyramid, where you're going, life happens and people drop away for whatever reason. Some people then sprout up and you get new people moving in the area, etc. But people will see that path of going through. Okay. I belong. I, yeah. be, I belong to that kit. I, I literally wear, I belong to that club. I yeah. literally wear the same kit as that guy. Yeah. And, and they're heroes. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, that goes, I think what I've, I've learned is I think that that goes both ways now. So I th- I don't think the, the um I don't think people realise the actual relationship. It does go both ways. So I don't think the Portsmouth players realise that the kids are looking up and idolise them going, no. Wow, that guy literally just jumped and dunked over three players. Wow, I've never seen that in my life. And they're looking at them going, you're my hero. Drawing pictures, looking at their hand after a high five, like, wow, Jesus just touched me or something like that. Absolutely. But I think the other thing is that goes the other way around. 
Um, and we had that when we've talked to some of the players where the players going, wow, this kind of respect and admiration is so heartwarming and they're going, I really appreciate it. So that relationship goes actually goes both ways. If that makes yeah, sense, makes what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, we even had it with um, uh, Ollie Blake, who is now the, he's captain Portsmouth Force, right? Ollie Blake is the captain. Yeah. And he is uh, the head coach now of the Portsmouth College programme. Oh, wow. So he's also coaching the under-18 college team. So that's another link into the force. But I remember chatting to him after the first game. And we had the first game at Ravelin. And I don't know what we had for the first game. 160, 180 people, something like that for the first game. So nowhere near as full as it's going to be. And I was like, how was that? And he was like, nerve-wracking. <laughs> that's really scary. And that was their home game. Because they weren't expecting to come in and even, like... This is last, last, yeah, last season. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have that, like, um, uh, pressure of having to play in front of a crowd, no, I think now they've all warmed it and they know what to expect and it's it's a good pressure. Oh, even the people coming into it, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to the game so they know what's coming. Exactly. But the away teams don't. No, I, I think the Kestrels were generally quite surprised walking into the game. Are they So they were lovely Saturday. So obviously, well, I don't know when this podcast goes, when we played the Mickey Burn Memorial yep. Lot um, had a good chat with Jack and um, the other coaches and the team. And like that, they really treated the game with respect. Absolutely. They, um, I, but I do agree with you. I think they came in and were like, "This is a good outfit. This, yeah. this is a serious. This is it could be a well, serious." You also local had ex-national league players come to watch the game, and yep. they were like, "Oh wow, this is this is what they're doing at Portsmouth Force. We, this is really good." We is, had a BBL coach in the building, didn't we? Yeah. So um, is it Ben? Uh, Craig Dawson was telling me, uh, Craig Dawson, who's lead, a brilliant, brilliant basketball coach, who's leading the development of our coaches. He's not actually coaching, he's sort of coaching our coaches and trying to help, sure, help that we've got a complete playbook. Um, but I was sitting with him and he was saying that the silent coach who left to go to coaching the BBL with Leicester, I think. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he was, he was in on Saturday, in for the game. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like you never know who who's there. Well, this is it exactly. So it's um, it, we are getting onto that basketball map, and yeah. I, I know it from um, local area meetings I go to to Sava, Sava Southern Area Basketball Association. And I go and sit in on some of the meetings, and initially it's kind of like we're just a small voice in the corner, and now we're progressing into being a bigger voice and having a say and having um, being like a fundamental part of area basketball not just Portsmouth basketball area basketball which is it's great yeah we're on the map guys yeah it's we are there. on the map and but, but where does that go what's your, what's your timeline then have you, have you got a have you got a Rob's little dream timeline have I got a timeline and, and this is not throwing any of the boys under the bus so if they're the, listening don't take it so what we have is Kids, we've talked about fun and fundamentals, so kids can play basketball, yep. pick up a basketball, come and play. That is covered, and I think that's working. It could expand a little bit, but that's working. Then we have local league basketball, which is for anyone really with any sort of basic ability to come and just play a competitive game and get to learn their, their, to, to play basketball in a competitive way, non-pressured. It yep. doesn't really matter. I just want you to get the experience of playing in a basketball game. Then we have National League set up. Now, the National League is structured, regional and prem and conference sits in there somewhere. I'm never sure with Basketball England. I'm not the biggest fan of Basketball England, but 
that's a different podcast we could go on for ages about that but you have different tiers at basketball england so the dream would be to have the youth set up regional conference prem teams at each age group yep. and you have a real progression and then the next bit is the college program which is another big thing that we can talk about later if you want to and hybrid building that college structure building the team structure into a college program that feeds into the university and if that groundwork's done the groundwork means that your talent pool is huge if your talent pool is huge then the force team can be super elite yeah so why not dream of having a bbl side finding a way to get a stadium if you can link mr eisner at portsmouth football club maybe we'll save this conversation for a few years but why <laughs> why why not have a basketball stadium and have a bbl side yeah like you know you know you've seen it why couldn't we have four thousand fans turn up to a basketball game yeah there's no reason for there's it. no reason we couldn't do no, that no no reason at all so is that is it for a timeline on that i don't know but why not say 10 what years? i like about what rob's saying here he's talking about the entire foundation and the yep. structure so uh, if you notice sometimes when you talk to people and they talk about you know what your future and they go i want to say narrow-minded where they go right we really want to get in div two as national league men's or yep. div one and that's the thing rob's when rob talks he's looking at that big picture of going right let's build the foundations nice and strong the rest will take care of itself because that's all just going to filter through throughout the years. So in the last podcast we did with Ryan, there was one word that I wrote down, which was program. And he mentioned it quite a few times. And he was always talking about how um, with the Kestrels and with Itchin and the way they had a set up for years and years and so the stars, etc. There was always a program mm -hmm. and then a progression. That's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. And having an option on the South Coast for a player who wants to get into basketball at any tier, we've got an option for you now. We've got an actual viable option. Exactly that. And at any age, that's key as well. I don't want people to be able to go, I'm 16, I can't start playing basketball. Like, why not? Joel Embiid in the NBA started playing basketball like something silly, 15 years old. He's now one of the top 10 players in the NBA. Didn't pick up a basketball till he's 15. He's also the size of a house. Yeah, but he's still... There'll, there'll be other 15-year-olds yeah. big who haven't done it. It's, it's just having that opportunity to do it. But that program word that you use, and again, Craig Dawson is fundamental in trying to get this program set up. What we're trying to do is produce a availability for our elite players to be able to play basketball every single day. That's how we get truly elite basketball players, by them playing every day so they'd have three training sessions a week game at the weekend and then shooting sessions or scrimmage or mm. or, or yeah. um snc and your phys anything it's all basketball they, but they live and breathe basketball yeah and if you can get that program for players to go through that's where you get the talent and that's where you start talking about like uh, area players national league players olympic players all this sort of stuff is what you've got to be looking at so we're kind we are kind of what we've done at the club as you know Paul speaking about I keep talking about this hybrid deal so yeah so you got have you got an exclusive on this hybrid deal <laughs> Mark we might have another exclusive here I've got an almost exclusive I've got almost I've exclusive. got an incredibly hopeful almost over the line exclusive so I, 
This is Highbury College in Portsmouth. So Highbury College technically doesn't it? Highbury Campus exists now. The city of Portsmouth College is Highbury College, Highbury Campus, and Tangier Road Campus. Yeah. Oh, they so it's Portsmouth College they join together. City yeah. of Portsmouth College, okay. COPC. Now, we merged or had had a partnership for the Basketball Academy as Portsmouth College Basketball Academy five, six years ago um, under Jack Moore, who's a brilliant lead at Portsmouth College. But Jack knows as well as I do, the facilities at Portsmouth College don't lead themselves to high-level basketball. It's just, I think they're, they're great. It's just in need of modernisation. That's yeah, probably the word, isn't it? And it's actually not legal. So the, the runoff on the sideline, you couldn't play a National League basketball game there. No, in a game, no. So you can't play a game there. So it's not technically fit for purpose, but it's a basketball court, right? Now, since the merger of Portsmouth, you know, Highbury Campus and um, Highbury College, what happens is that the facilities at Highbury is much better not great. It's all no, they're all right. It's a nice wooden much, floor, isn't it? Much, nice wooden floor. Much, and a bigger sports hall. Can play National yeah. League games there. The Fury that, that, that. used to play their home games there. Now, what we have been in discussions with Highbury College, I hope City of Portsmouth College about, is about actually block booking Highbury and having it every evening, 6 till 10, and filling that basketball court exclusively with basketball sessions. All of them, under 12, 14, 16, 18s. We'd still keep all our Admiral Lord Nelson sessions, keep what we do at the college, but give more basketball, more availability. And part of what we want to build onto that is actually to develop a proper basketball academy programme so kids can actually take a qualification in basketball. That's what we're aiming for. That would be great. Nice. That's cool. So you'd ha- you would have the opportunity, whether it's a BTEC, I think it's a BTEC, they do it with soccer. Football, they call it soccer, okay, soccer BTEC, football BTEC. That that program, you replicate that with basketball, you'd have a level two, preferably a level three, because we're gonna we the next progression is to get some level three coaches in the club. You get a qualified coach to teach the BTEC, and then you've got a proper basketball pathway. And what happens when you send these kids to do this college pathway? They come out of the pathway, they're good basketball players they also on the sideline they take their referees course on the sideline they take the table official course yeah 20 kids a year go through it at the club at the end of it it ends up with 20 new referees 20 new table officials well you've definitely got a handful of coaches who are eligible to take their level three coaching now which would which would be really good but also the benefit of that is you then start i guess looking at international students coming in Mm. and i remember this is going back because I used to work at Hybrid College. This is going back um, probably oh, 12 years ago, I'd say. Um, and they were really keen um, in those days setting up a Basel Academy to get that draw from the international students coming. Um, but I, I think it was, it just wasn't realistic. I know they were talking like an hour a week of basketball and it's like that's not a basketball academy but from what you're saying now that you i mean this is deadly serious yeah oh absolutely like a legit proper basketball program what they do um it's kestrels and itching is such a good model that you know I mean? they've take they've dominated yeah, to be fair the to south say, coast the south coast basketball situation yeah, hoovered like, everyone up didn't they yeah, well, well, also they're that, one of the affiliated clubs with be i think there's one of 14 clubs that um I don't know if it's B that push them out, but there's one of 14 that they say, 
these are the clubs you should go to, and Itchens at one it's of them. It's a brilliant model. It's really good, and they have play it that where you can see they've got the pathway to the nba right they had a player come through yeah played there and is now playing for the san antonio spurs like we they, i love competition i love rivalry sport is built on rivalry there's no problem, yeah. no problem with that absolutely but sometimes you just have to tip your hat and go that program is for real yeah but i mean it also it's what's the model that works in that ecosystem because when you look at uh, other countries and you look in FIBA, Eurobasket, and you see how they do it, and so we were talking with Simon, the way that they do it over there, there are good things that they do, like the, the more support from a sort of city level about certain things, but then they have their own challenges with the way the leagues are set up because they're more dispersed and the level's higher. The entry is difficult for them. So they have those sort of challenges where think you know the, for, with the force coming through as it is now and the timing it's a really good place for the trajectory of everything coming through the, i mean that's massive that's that's just you know extra isn't it so well, what's the time frames on that if so um, that we have had meetings all over the summer multiple meetings to um, establish how it works there's a number side to it it's business ultimately we're always talking about business side and how the numbers stack up what we're trying to provide, what they're trying, what the college itself are trying to provide, because it's an asset to the college to be able to say they have this elite basketball program. Um, so we'll wait to see what actually happens when all is said and done. But um, the current state of play is we're just waiting for a um, a head nod, basically. So I'm, I'm hopeful, but um, we will see. And damage limitation, if something doesn't happen, so many people involved with the club there's so many facilities we've got so many resources now we will find a way but eventually the goal of having this future of multi-tiered national league basketball and availability will happen one day <laughs> we just will you're gonna take up our whole bloody saturday i think like right we're going in we're doing div three at 12 o'clock we're doing div two then the women's come in and then you got the men it's gonna be a whole day well like, did anyone see rob uh yeah he's gone to wentworth <laughs> well, yeah. you know what this is this is one thing actually i don't know if, uh, i think i told you paul i'm i'm not actually at the first force home game this is a disgrace are you playing golf no it's better not be no. where are you no this I, is gonna I'm be good a, this is pretty good. good i'm supporting chasing status djing Ooh. at the undercover skate park well that's pretty awesome pretty cool that is there <laughs> Yeah. So hang on a minute. The, the DJing doesn't happen quite as much anymore. So when I get a booking and a good, oh, this is a great booking. Like, I can't wait. I'm so excited. So for concrete music and uh, undercover skate park. So it, and Pit, do you know about the Pitt Street Undercover Skate Park? Yeah, tell us. Such a good project. So this is where the old Sainsbury's used to be. Yeah, where the old Sainsbury's is in Commercial Road, and Jenna and Jacob uh, run this this just amazing project where they took all of the Sainsbury's furniture out of the building built loads of money on these lovely ply ramps and half pipes and um, skateboard because the floor if you remember in the Sainsbury's it's like the old marbly floor yep. I don't skate I'm, I'd be like Bambi on ice I don't skate I'd, I'd not be on a skateboard <laughs> but but the floor is great for skateboarding apparently and BMXing and all, all, all wheeled sports so I've got this project open space turned into a skate park the council have been brilliant and done a, a huge deal on the rent and electricity and helping it out. 
and the, they get like kids coming in, you know, get kids off the street. Much the same as doing basketball, they're just doing wheel sports. Kids get off the street, go and have a skate, excuse me, go and have a play. And that space then needs to be subsidized with other things. So they sublet to some event companies, which is Concrete Music, another good friend, Billy. He's putting on these great events. He had Patrick Topping down there last month, big house DJ. Wow. Chasing Status there. Uh, had a kitchen party I told you about the other day in the skate park. It's just a gr- brilliant project. Brilliant. So if you're not playing basketball and you want your kid to do something, take them to the skate park. Yeah. Do so, both. You know, I just want to just, just add to something Rob said. So for those who don't know, Rob is actually a really good DJ. A really good yeah, DJ. He's been I doing would it say like he should be doing at least one halftime show. Yeah, why, why are you coming and do, do a halftime show? show? Yeah. Why not? So, yeah, I could do some... Strip- Get the decks right in the middle. Strictly drum and bass. Yes, we yeah. can hand out whistles and white gloves to right. everyone in the crowd. So whistles and white gloves, is that, that's, my, that's my way past. That was, <laughs> I loved rave days. Uh, are you allowed to share who you watched DJ the other day? I can. Yeah, yeah. go on. Fat Boy Slim. Uh, amazing is that in the kitchen in the kitchen in just the kitchen. as you do just 200 of us and fat boy slim that's very cool it was pretty cool that, that, that doesn't cool. happen often it doesn't that, no that it, was, it was a pinch yourself night so i was yeah. there with my wife kelly and we were sort of like had a couple of drinks we we're like do you think he's gonna turn up and, he, and then fat boy slim walks in and when you say walk in it's not like walking in a club he walks he was like next to me walked in walked up the deck so Oh my god, that boy slim. Like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, and he played for two hours, and he was insanely good. But that was part of a project, um, a lookup project for Portsmouth. Have you seen the street art? It's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Portsmouth, like, going, it's really good. Really There's good. That one the guy art. does the art. The my eyes. dog size. My dog size. Yeah, really he, he was basically the lead on the project and the party. Uh, yeah. Okay. A lovely guy. Really, really, really lovely guy. Oh, yeah, I, I dropped him a message the other day because. We'd found one of the coins when he did the treasure hunt. Oh, did you? Okay. And uh, I just said, I dropped him a message and said, "Oh, my daughter wondered, did all of the coins get found?" And he's like, "Nah, there's still some out there." Apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I've got a skateboard. I've got a, um, uh, a, a skateboard that he snapped in half, and then fixed to it is a, a painted Heinz baked bean can. Yep. With his with his face on. I've got one of the cans on my in my office. Oh wow! I've got a few bits of his actually. I, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fanboy. There's one of the eyes down the road. Yeah. The make building's just there. And uh, there's one of the eyes on the side. I did notice there's one as you come into Portsmouth, one of the eyes, and someone's painted over it. Wow. He's quite... I, uh, it was a really good eye I, as I well. follow some one. of the bits that he... Some of his socials, and he's quite fine with graffiti, or not graffiti, art being covered over yeah. it quite, everything has a history and has it's a not top. permanent it's well, I think that one I like, think he painted over it looks like someone's done a proper painting right, okay. not spray paint yeah yeah not just draw massive penis on things no it's not it's not one of those no it's like a, a chalice a, I think no I did not deface it a legit art job that would have been a legit art job so what do you think the chances are that Fat Boy Slim will come down and do a Portsmouth Force <laughs> halftime show? It, well, if we, I think the link is we have to massively promote Pepita Coffee because Pepita Coffee was the the link to Fat Boy Slim coming okay. to work with the artists. I'm not sure what the link between Look Up Portsmouth, My Dog Size, the yep. artist Pepita Coffee and Fat Boy Slim is, but there's a link there. So we might as well big up a pizza coffee and you never know we might get fat boy slim. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. Should we should we do that in the next segment? What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, 
I want to say, I think one of the Fatboy Slim tracks is what I always play as the build-up uh, to the, just before the, the guys come out. Don't I'm just going to double check. right here, right now? Don't you normally play that one? I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Chems. Yeah. Great. I love the Chemical Brothers. Oh, it's not. I'm getting my... DJ's mixed up. Yeah, Fatboy Slim would play that. It's definitely on his on his set list. Yeah, but right here, oh, right okay. now, that's where I've got it. Yeah, yeah, played by him, but not written by him. Oh, okay. But yeah, oh, that'd be amazing. See, I think I've got more chance of getting a five thousand seat stadium in Portsmouth <laughs> than Fatboy Slim coming down to the Raveling. But you never know. What if you could get him to buy the stadium and then open if it? If we, we'd have to move to Brighton, I'm pretty sure we'd have to move. To Brighton. Uh, yeah, there is that. That's that's not ideal. Um, you know what? One it's of my of my goals for this season is go for it. That you watch a game. That I watch a game. Are oh, you seeing me? Because you? you're so busy. Whether it's the ticket sales stuff at the start, you're walking around, you're organising stuff. I just think it'd be really great if someone just deals with that. Even if it was for one game, and you go, I'm Mr. Chairman. I'm in row A. See, I'd like to do that. I think I'd like to do that. Whether I could do that is another thing this is probably the longest I've sat in the same place for quite a long time okay so I just well the handcuffs work mate <laughs> just get up and get up and keep moving yeah but yeah no I, I would I would love to do that well I mean I think we'll continue this with a, a second part of the episode but uh, I think this we've got we've got some more questions for you Rob are we rolling on to part two oh we're going to roll on to part oh, two for sure. okay but for now So that ends this episode of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. Part two of this interview will be coming out in 24 hours. So tune in for that one. But until then, wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you so, so much for your support. Till then, bye-bye. Uh, and the giggling is over. Thank you for Finally, being out of it, guys. I just had to take <laughs> over.